welcome to this week's episode of Meta Spiritual Talk on the Meta Spiritualist Podcast. This week, we're talking with Lachelle Hamilton of Safe with Shell. Lachelle holds a master's degree in clinical mental health, and after starting grad school, she became more aware of the trajectory of her life and the purpose that she was created to fulfill. She now feels that chapter was to help her learn more and help herself heal from depression. Lachelle says that, surely I knew what I did not want to do, and now I'm starting my journey to serve the world in the way which gives me the most joy. I am here to inspire others with my story and insight I've gained. Lachelle's newfound venture was established to secure a future for herself and for her son. Safe with Shell Counseling and Consulting provides support to her clients by assisting with minor crises and obstacles of day-to-day life. Let's give Lachelle a warm welcome on Meta Spiritual Talk. Take a listen. The Meta Spiritualist is guided by the creator of the universe through prayer, meditation, and sound healing. Good morning, Lachelle. Hello. How are you? I'm doing good. And you? I'm doing well. I love your hair. Thank <laughs> so you. So pretty. <laughs> And I wanted to say, I love your website too. Like, it's very nice. Thank you. That gold dress was, mm, girl. <laughs> I took about uh, 30 pictures. <laughs> hey, you know what? If that's what it takes to get mm-hmm. the right shot, by all means, you got to do it. So how are you today? I'm doing good now. <clears throat> it was a long week. Yeah. Yeah, this week seemed to have gone by fast for me, but there was some significant things that happened that made it feel like, oh my God, I don't know if I could handle this. <laughs> yeah, I was really tired. I don't know. But now I feel better. Yeah. Maybe it was a full moon. I saw that. I was just like, this full moon, but the email. <laughs> <laughs> And then my friend texted me last night. He said it was red. But when I went outside, I didn't see the moon at all. Oh, you know what? I think it might have been a blood moon. Mm. I think so. I didn't see it at all. Usually it's right there when I woke up my door. Oh, wow. Well, where are you located? In Louisiana. You're in Louisiana? Cool. I'm from Arkansas originally, but I live in California. Oh, okay. Well, let's jump right into this. How are you? I mean, well, we've already gone through that, but um, tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do, and and um, we'll go from there. Okay, so for me, that's always a hard question. Okay, <laughs> um, as far as like professionally, um, I have an undergrad in family consumer science. Um, from there, I have my master's degree in counseling. Mm-hmm. So in undergrad, I actually had my son. So from there, I was just like, you know, I just want to get my first degree and I'm going to be done. Mm-hmm. So I pretty much went into college not having a clue about what I wanted to do. What was my goals? Nothing. Like I was just in survival mode. Mm. So from like middle school, I was always told that I should be a counselor. Um, I took the because we did interest surveys in high school and middle school. And so it'll tell you fields that you'd be great in. So counselor was always on that. And I just ignored it and ignored it mm-hmm. um, until my freshman year. I took career, a career interest class. 
Mm-hmm. And so from there, I picked counseling. And so I was like, okay. So the degree that I had for undergrad is, you know, related to counseling. So I've always been passionate about helping people, um, big on family. Mm-hmm. So when I picked my major, I went for school counseling. Like I was very ignorant at the time. I was <laughs> like, okay, you know, kids don't have real issues. That's mm-hmm. not the case at all. Like I see that children go through so much. Like, and then the other side of it is just like, you know, they're depending on their parents and they're depending on adults to protect them. And and a lot of them don't have that. Right. So so once I got into the program, then I was learning more about mental health and what mental health disorders was. And so I was just like, okay. So then my passionate began to change. So when I had my son, I went into a deep depression. So from mm-hmm. there, I really knew what it was firsthand. And then looking back, I saw that I was depressed as a child, but it wasn't enough to where it was noticeable to people. Mm, um, you you suppressed it and 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 like held on to it real tight, huh? Well, I didn't know what it was. So, mm. you know, um, but at that time it was more of like seasonal because I had good grades, I was on a sports team, and so then going to college, that's when I really like saw a difference. Mm. Um, because I didn't have that so that same social community instance. Mm-hmm. So when you transition in from high school, it's like you're leaving all your friends, everything. And so going to the college I chose, you know, ironically, I went there because I knew that I would know people because I always was a shy, reserved person. Mm-hmm. So when I got there, ironically, like I didn't even talk to those people. But it was the realization that, okay, we didn't hang out in high school. So why would we hang out now? Yeah. So at first I used to go home. At first I tried to stay. On campus? my dorm. Mm-hmm. And I could not do it. <laughs> <laughs> like so, not having communications with people. Like I, So I just from there, I started going home every weekend. I couldn't do it. So... Pretty much that off track because I forgot what I was. <laughs> no, so you were just saying that um, you you were de- you were found out you were depressed. What it was in college, and so as you transitioned from high school to college, you thought that you knew these group of individuals and that you would be able to connect with them, but you weren't able to. So. What did that do to you, um, your mental state and your spiritual state and mm-hmm. emotional state when you felt that you couldn't connect with these individuals? Well, at that age, because right now, now I'm 30. Mm-hmm. So I have so much insight about things that I didn't have. So at that age, it wasn't me thinking about anything. It was just like, OK, just feeling like I was isolated from everybody. Like, OK, I got to go home. Like. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I always was reserved. So like making friends, that wasn't something that I was good at. Um, like I'm very friendly as far as speaking to people and, you know, like more of a like networking, but not for like people being close to me. And so with that about myself, like that played a part in my career as well, because I knew for a fact I did not want to do one on one counseling. Mm. 
And the reason being was I didn't want those long-term relationships. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I was very shy too. So when it came to like intimate settings, but we're in small groups, like I was more shy, but I could get up in front of a room full of people and give a great presentation. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So once I got to grad school, that's when I really learned in, about myself and things made sense. So like my last semester of grad school, I told my professor, I said, I don't want to counsel people. And I thought that was silly, but Mm -hmm. he understood what I said. And that was three years ago. So pretty much what I wanted to do was I wanted to do workshops and um, like motivational speaking. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to do more of inspiring people um, versus when I think of a therapist, um, treatment plans, and you have these theories and I don't, I don't want to diagnose people. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and you grow up and you see images of things on TV. So what I know as a therapist was from TV, mm-hmm. uh, but with counseling, like it's so broad, like you can do so many different things. You can career counsel, you like, it's just so much you can do. And so that's why I'm at now, just still building my professional identity. I know the things I do not want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm at a point to where, which I've experienced burnt out and a part of it was not being fulfilled. So mm-hmm. now I'm just trying to take a path that's going to give me that fulfillment and that joy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know the things I've been doing is not what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and another part of it, like that fulfillment was not really feeling like I was helping. So I feel like my new path that I am going on which everything's aligned you know oh, yeah everything aligned so with that new pet just straight just inspiring and motivating people um like I just because I've experienced a lot mm-hmm. so I want to use my journey to help other people yeah yeah well you said something very impactful uh just a moment ago about when you experienced burnout it was because you weren't fulfilled So do you think that we as individuals, especially women and mothers, do you think that we become busy in our busyness because we're trying to find that fulfillment and then then we experience burnout? See, the thing about it is, okay, it's just that survival mode. Like mm-hmm. you can't really focus so much on what you enjoy. Like whether you like your job or not, you have to get up and go to that job because you have responsibilities. Right. And so I think that's a big part of it. Um, not having people not having that space, as far as, especially as parents. Like I struggled building a career too because my life revolved around having a child. Like I had to take jobs that worked well with his schedule. Yeah. So I sacrifice a lot for him. Mm-hmm. So whereas when you get to a certain place financially and you have different things in place. Now, my son's about to be 10. So it's a big difference from when he was a baby. So now right. he actually go to school. He can go to aftercare. So having those things in place helps. So now I have more of that freedom to do what I want to do um, and take risks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. You know, one of the questions I wanted to ask you, though, about your spirituality, your your path, your walk, 
is um, what was your upbringing like? Were you brought up in a Christian home, a Catholic home, or something other than that? Yes, I grew up in Baptist. Um, and far as like my spiritual journey, like, and I know for a fact, like my church play a part <laughs> mm-hmm. in my views of religion and church. Um, but I felt like I grew up in a church where I wasn't, like there was no room to grow. Mm. So as far as like my journey, like I said, I've experienced a lot um, with depression. Like I had, like I was very angry towards God, very angry um, with religion. You know, they paint God to be this superhero. Yeah. You know, and he's not. And so you have questions of, you know, why is this happening to me? Mm-hmm. And even then, like, there's trauma from religion. You know, the best thing that someone can tell you is just pray about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie. So this date, like, that annoys me to the highest. Like, that is your best advice that you can give me. One, like, it's just that understanding that one, like, if you grew up in a church, you know that already. Right. So, like, give me some personal advice. And like I said, I went on my journey. In undergrad, I took a spirituality class. Mm-hmm. And so I did my project on the power of prayer. Um, so with that project, basically, you know, I had my biases and we found themes. And so as I explained why I did the project, it was because I felt like I was praying and praying and praying and my prayers were just hitting the ceiling. Mm. And the other side of it is just like dealing with depression, like you can't just pray that away. Right. <laughs> you know, it's not something that you can just pray away. And then also like the, just looking at like the community and these people who've been in the church all these years. Yeah. You telling me just pray and you've been in the church all these years, but yet you in the same position for yes. how many years? Yeah. Like at what point do you, <laughs> And then I got to a point to where I just like, I am God. I am God. And then feeling that way, then I started seeing it on social media. So I was like, okay, you know, but just feeling like people put so much power outward and not mm-hmm. in and believing in themselves and understanding their power. Mm-hmm. So as like with my, for as my spirituality, like I got deeper into it once COVID hit. Because, you know, I had my son when I was 21. So I spent all of my 20s being a parent, Mm -hmm. being a student, being an employee. So for the first time, like, I actually had time to stop and actually take care of myself. So I sat at home. Um, I ended up joining a spirituality group. And from there, things began to make sense. So Mm -hmm. they had one. I mean, I learned a lot in it. But that group I ended up leaving because I felt like light and darkness could not live in the same space. Mm. So we can't be in the same space where we want to heal. Then the other side of it, you want to hex. Right, <laughs> right. Yes, yes. No, well, right. I, I'm in I'm in several spirituality groups and there's only a few now. Like I've, I've dwindled it down to about three or four that I actually like get notifications for. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm actually planning to go through and, and remove myself from a lot of groups because of that very reason. That was the only group I saw that in. And I was just like, 
And then from the admin, like I got her energy was just real dark. Mm. You know, um, when you when you're looking at healing, a big part of that is forgiveness. Yes. So how can you forgive and then you want to hack somebody? Like it didn't it, it couldn't it didn't yeah. go. No, you know, that's real because I I I've been on a spiritual journey for quite some time. I was awakened or had a Christian experience when I was 19. Mm-hmm. And um the interesting thing was I thrusted myself into the Southern Baptist Church, you know, mm-hmm. growing up my my father's side of the family was really into that that vein and my mother's side of the family was more liberal but it was mixed there was catholics and there was baptist um but for me it was like no nah, y'all are not answering some of the questions that i have and i think there's an answer to it and so when i had my awakening it was like i went on this like i was very intense very focused on finding out the things that I had questions about. Mm-hmm. And recently with, with since being in these groups, um, you know, cause we all know growing up in the church, you are told, Oh, it's witchcraft. Mm-hmm. And Oh, this is, it's, it's dark. It's, it's voodoo. It's hoodoo. And it's this and that. And um, one of the things that I had said within myself, cause I was dealing with some conflict about several things. Mm-hmm. and you know, some of the people was like, oh, you should do this. You should put them in a jar. You should do this. And I'm like, you know what? That's too much work. I just, I just want to like be. And I made a conscious decision that if I truly believe that the universe has my back and that I'm protected, I don't have to do anything because it's already handled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of for me, like for us, those groups, <laughs> it did give me a place where I felt normal. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, the one that the one that we found each other in, I love that group. I absolutely adore that group. Cause like like you say, you grew up in the church. Um, like young, I don't really remember things, but like for us, me, it was just like I'm learning more about the gifts that I have. So mm-hmm. do I, I don't know how to quite use them yet, but I'm learning more because like first it was like those deja vu moments, mm-hmm. you know, and from there. I see pregnancies, so I'll dream someone's pregnant and sure enough, they're pregnant. Mm-hmm. So uh, with that, but like far as like I've always questioned things. Um, like in the church and you know they're telling me they speaking to God and it's like you know why he not talking to me so again it's just kind of like oh this fairy tale mm-hmm. but my first real experience where I was like okay I know that there is something greater than me um, when I was in college I attended this church and they had this prophet this famous prophet that traveled and he came there Mm-hmm. And so for the first time, like I can feel the spirit moving in the church. I was in there talking in tongues and, and everything. <laughs> so it's just like now that I'm in this group and I'm crossing paths with um, more spiritual people, then now it all makes sense. Because like I always felt like I had a gift that had to be unlocked. Yes. And so when you're coming, you know, crossing paths with people who are who have more knowledge, 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, they can teach you about yourself and what you're experiencing, you know? So mm-hmm. it's been quite interesting. Now, you, you said that during the pandemic, you had time to really go inward and, and have that that dialogue, that inner dialogue about where you are and where you want to go and things like that. Would you say that that was your turning point in your journey that's made a significant impact on how you view the world? I, would, I wouldn't say that was a turning point on how I viewed the world. I think it was a turning point in, in my life, like my life path in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like me getting aligned with my calling, what I'm supposed to do. As far as when I started to see the world different, I would say when I got pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, like being depressed. And um, it was some stuff that I could not accept because I wasn't ready to accept. And one of those things being to be depressed, that's a choice. Mm-hmm. You can't choose the chemical imbalance. You can't. But when you learn yourself, then you learn how to um, stop yourself from being depressed. For example, like when you know that you're feeling depressed, one thing you can do, you can get out. You can surround yourself with people who make you laugh. You can surround yourself with positive people. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing that I learned, like your, how, how powerful your mind is. So what I learned was I was manifesting the things that I actually didn't want, Mm. right? Because I had doubt and I felt like, you know, just going back to the law of attraction. Um, And so just learning how simple things like those affirmations, um, just that confidence in yourself and believing and understanding that you're powerful. Then I found Mm -hmm. that I was an eight. So (laughs) your life path number is the eight. Right. So most so too, like I was manifesting those things I didn't want. So Mm -hmm. and honestly, like when I said, so what I did during COVID, I went out in the sun and I Mm -hmm. journaled. I wrote things I was grateful for. I wrote my goals, like all that helped change my mood. And I saw everything that I wanted manifest. Right. I got the job I wanted, even though it didn't work out. But I I learned that that's not what I wanted to do. I got the job I wanted. I moved. Um, my income increased because, like I said, I struggled with jobs with having my son because there were certain jobs I couldn't take. So mm-hmm. for the first time, I got a job that I was using my degree. So from there, it's just like things have just gotten better. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm able to deal with my depression better. Yeah. So in what ways do you feel that you've applied your spirituality to your practice to help heal others as a counselor and and a coach, a life coach? So for me, like I said, just the stuff I learned, like sitting in the sun, Mm -hmm. like seeing how helpful that is. So it's just like the things that I've learned on my spiritual journey, like I can suggest to someone else to help them. Yeah. Um, but a big part of two is a lot of people don't know themselves, <laughs> you know? And so just also exposing them to different things, like looking at your needle chart and finding out information about you, looking at your life path. Cause once that's, you know, exposing 
being exposed to different stuff and you learn about yourself, then you really understand. Yeah. Um, and also just like, okay, like reading something like, okay, now that makes sense. And some people need permission to be themselves mm-hmm. <laughs> and they need confirmation that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. But also too, like, as far as like, when I am at my best, I can help people more, you know, cause my cup is not empty. Um, and so I think a lot of people too, like just understanding the difference between religion and spirituality. And I'm still understanding as well. But for me, I felt like, okay, religion was more rules, you know, and was spirituality um, more of gaining those relationships. Mm-hmm. And that's what I learned from my project when I did it on the, the uh, power of prayer, just relationships and how you grow as a child you know, your relationship with God or whoever you believe in, if you had one, it was based on because you were told to do so and what Mm -hmm. your family said. But as you get older, you build a relationship yourself. Like from young, you're taught the I Father prayer, right? But when you build that relationship with him, then it becomes more personal and Mm -hmm. you can go to him for the things you need. So one belief, and again, like my biases on the project was based on where I was at in life. So one bias I had was people tend to pray more when they need God. Right. Um, So one thing I talked about, like where people pray. And even then, as a child, you think, okay, praying is me getting on my knees. No, you can pray anywhere. You can pray in your car. Um, God help me. That's a prayer alone. So just (laughs) understanding the prayer. And then another thing was, um, I looked at like the power of the tongue. Mm -hmm. And so like, even though I had some strong feelings about relationships because not feeling like God was there, um, there is things from relationship that does align with things of spirituality out there, like the power of the tongue. That's law of attraction. Right. So, you know, it's interesting that I was I was just thinking, like, do you see yourself looking at that project and kind of seeing where you are today and revamping it or incorporating some form of it into your practice? I wish I still had it. <laughs> it was on. Uh, um, another computer Uh but I do feel like that project gave me more clarity so I've moved and again it was a spirituality class so Mm -hmm. in that class I learned about um reiki healing that was the first time I learned about the chakras wow Um, so it was two different projects we did that one I ended up doing my project on voodoo so at first I was just like you know when when most people think of voodoo you know they think it's just these dolls that you, you know, so right. <laughs> finding out that it was actually a religion, right? You know, and then there is there are some similarities to Christianity, and then understanding that okay, this is what our ancestors practice, mm-hmm. you know, and so to make it acceptable in society, they kind of you know wash it down, <laughs> right? Right? No, that's good. That's real good. Um, 
I um I didn't understand voodoo either. And all there, like since coming into spirituality on my own, um, I didn't understand that there were other African-based religions. Mm-hmm. And so when I started learning about them, I'm like, wow, like this stuff is so deep. And yet at times it could it could seem so simple because spirit will show you and reveal to you the things that you're supposed to know when you're supposed to know them. Mm-hmm. Um, but that I, I wish that I would have been able to take a spirituality class in college. <laughs> it, it was nothing like I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Oh yeah. So was your was your teacher African American or Yes, he was. Okay. And he he was a real spiritual person. Mm-hmm. I want to say he was he was like a he was a pastor somewhere. Um so that was the first time I had uh learned about numerology. Well, not really learned about it, but he did my numerology, broke it down, and he told me at 28 my life was going to take a turn. And I didn't know what that <laughs> I didn't know what that meant that then. I well, I had I had an expectation on what it meant, right? Uh-huh. So what happened when you turned 28? That's when COVID hit. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So I started getting deeper into my spiritual. Like I said, everything aligns. Um, I had a guy, he looked at my um my birth chart mm-hmm. and he told me, he said, outside of wait, basically. Until I am doing something with that spirit, uh, pertains to spirituality, I was not going to be happy. Wow. And I and before he said it, I saw that because I'm like, you know, I'm more into like tarot cards and that types of versus therapy. You know, sitting in doing one on one therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, everything aligned. Like everything. Like right before me making the decision to launch my business. I had a reading with someone. She asked me, aren't you supposed to be making a website? And I didn't have a clue. (laughs) (laughs) I have a clue what she was talking about. (laughs) Uh And my son, like, he would constantly tell me about starting my own business. And it's just like, doing what? Doing what? And so I did speak to someone. She was like, you know, people start businesses walking dogs like there's so many different businesses to start yeah girl my my daughter well you know my I have my own business Mm -hmm. my husband has his own company um he has a partnership um and my daughter is about to be eight years old and Mm -hmm. she told me what not last year I want to say in 2020 Mm -hmm that she wanted to have a photography business. And so I said, okay, and what do you want to do with that? She said, I want to make greeting cards. So she started taking pictures of flowers and we put it in Canva. I showed her how to use Canva because with the, with the lockdown, um, the kids started learning how to use Google um, Classroom and the teachers was like putting their assignments and they were having to do different little graphic Mm -hmm. things on their homework. And so I showed her how to use Canva and she designed her first set of greeting cards. And, um, and that was so funny to me because I'm like, you know what? They really do see what their parents Mm -hmm. are doing. So your son is benefiting from you stepping out on faith 
and doing your thing. And he's going to definitely be impressed by that. It's going to have that lasting impression and it's going to spark that entrepreneurial spirit in him too. Because mm-hmm. to him, I should have went to school for something better. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's funny. Has he ever told you what he wants to do when he grows up? I'll have to see what it is now. Because for a while, mm-hmm. it was being a police officer. Yeah. Um, And he's also into sports. Okay. So, you know, you know, as you grow, what you want to do changes. I was, everybody has different views, but for me, I, you know, I didn't want him to be a police officer. Right. Hey, listen, it's, that's real. That is real because of the state that we're in, the, the current state of our society. It's a very dangerous job. But as far as like children, like I said, because um, I mean, you look at these groups and people have their children doing yoga and we used to do that. But mm-hmm. if I have another child, then I know like that child is going to be introduced to spirituality very young. Mm-hmm. Um, so that when they are at a certain age, they're going to have a no a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so for as him, like I had him a bracelet. I, you know, had necklace, crystals, all kind of stuff. But you don't keep up with any of it. Mm-hmm. So, but he is aware of stuff. Like he was watching. Um, I can't even think of the show, but it, the name <laughs> of the team was Spiritual Healers. Oh, wow. And it was like, oh, they got some of that stuff that you got. The stuff you be burning. <laughs> On the sage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so cute. Yeah, so I didn't actually see them burn the sage, but then he showed me, like, okay, the name of the team was Spiritual Healers. It's a cartoon? No, they own or a show. show. Um, I can't even think of the name. I think it's when you, I think it was the one like when they got to get across the thing on the water mm-hmm. and I like, get to have stuff punching that come out and knock you in the water. Yeah. 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 No, that's good. That's real good. So what is it that you would like for the audience to um, know more about your your business and, and the way that you practice your coaching like could you walk us through what a session with you looks like okay so I am new um like I said I just launched my business um the reason I started and I was like this is what I want to do because like I said my personal experience is everything Mm -hmm. um like I said with me struggling with depression uh me being the counselor friend so my goal is just to provide a safe place and a lot of people don't get that. Um, I know for me personally, when I go to vent to people, it's pointless to me because they're not even acknowledging my feelings. Yeah. All they see is the content of what happened. And automatically, they try to give you advice. And that's not what you need all the time. Most of the time, you don't because you have the power to make decisions for yourself. Because mm-hmm. no matter what you tell that person to do, they're going to do what they want to do anyway. Right. So just being able to have that space, have somebody who understands and truly listen to your feelings. Um, just looking on Facebook, I see people um, posting like sad posts. And every so often, every time I see it, like I reach out like. I just cannot, you know, it's just I'm just very passionate about helping people. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
I reach out. So just understand that if you come to Facebook and make a status, you don't have nobody to talk to. Right. So or you, you've, you've exhausted all of your, your outlets. <laughs> you, you don't have anybody to talk to, you, you know? And so it's very frustrating not feeling like you understood. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like I said, with my degree, um, I do want to help people, but I don't want the long-term relationships. And I mean, it's just, I want to, let's look at your problem. Let's find a solution. Like, let's look at how to do this. And which I know, you know, being into spirituality, when we think like we're just all grown children, like we have the same needs as children, Mm -hmm. right? The same needs. And you see people interact differently with their kids than the adults. But sometimes you really just you need your feelings validated. Like you just need to be heard. And honestly, like with our intern at a middle school. And so I'm just like. You know, these kids keep coming in here with their petty problems. <laughs> and I went to my uh, professor who was my supervisor for internship. So she was like, so you just want to deal with the depression, you know? And I'm just like, no, but, you know, the people who really need help, like, you know? And so it took my little cousin to tell me, you know, it hurt my feelings. And from there, I was able to understand and just not understand that sometimes you really do just need to be direct with people. Because mm-hmm. they don't know what it is you're asking. And it's just something as simple as, okay, if you don't know, like, what do you need from me in this moment? You know? So just, like I said, my purpose has always been to help. Um, I am a healer. And it's just, I'm on my journey as well. And mm-hmm. like I said, I just I just want to help people. Like, I know that there's a need. Um, so, and I've come, like, kind of bump heads with people who didn't see my vision but mm-hmm. when you think like there's crisis hotlines where you can call the number because you're in crisis, um, pretty much that's what I want to be. But not like where it's a full blown crisis. Like it's just one of those days and I just need to talk. Yeah. You, might ne- you might not necessarily need therapy and see a counselor long term, long, long term, but it's just one of those days. Your kids, they be in a, a pain, you know, you're feeling overwhelmed. Um, you know, you had a bad day at work. And so I just think that everyone just needs that person. And, you know, a lot of people struggle in their professional identities. Me, mm-hmm. I'm very laid back. So what you see now, that's what you're going to get. Right. Um, and so as far as like branding, like, I just want to be the chick from your neighborhood that, you know, like, that's how I want to be seen, like, as a yeah. friend. Like, I'm really laid back. I'm really, you know, and it's just a lot of people just don't have people who genuinely care. Right. Well, let me ask you this then, because you mentioned um, you don't want it to be long, like a long term type of thing. What do you think is sufficient to help someone through that time without them becoming dependent on you being their their sounding board? That's what. Okay, so again, I'm in the process of building my business. But right now, like I said, my focus is like emotionally, like emotionally, I'm just having one of those days. Um, so as far as like life coaching side of it, like I said, I'm still developing that side. Got so, it. but right now, like, so with my business, it was a matter of me taking a leap. Yes. So yeah. When you first start your business, it's not going to be perfect. Right. But this is based off the need that I saw. 
Um, and with the term of life coaching, like that came from like conversations with other people. But when I'm coming to the realization of, I am a counselor. <laughs> I am a counselor. Anyway, it goes. I don't have to um, sit with a counselor on one on one, and I don't have like. And that's the thing too. Like with counseling, it's so broad. Like whatever you see a need for, you can create. Like they, like I said, there's people who get paid to walk a dog. Like yeah. so, it's just not letting people tell me what my vision should be. Yeah. So as far as like those who, uh, now don't get me wrong, like you're welcome to come back and come back. But if it gets to a point where I see that you need to see a therapist or someone who um, can better suit what your need is, then yes, I'm going to refer you to them. But not everybody needs counselors. Some people just need somebody who they can talk to. Yeah. You know, you might not have, you, you have friends, but you might not have that friend who is appropriate for venting because we all you know all our friends have different places in our lives and not everyone is not the person who can deal with your emotions well yeah no that's good I just was curious to understand the process behind the the Mm -hmm. like a more of a short-term conversation with someone versus like long-term because you know I work with a business coach and leadership Mm -hmm. coach And I have my spiritual teacher that I've known now for over a year and a half. Um, Mm -hmm. I personally met them last year and my business coach I've known for several years. And Mm -hmm. now for the last, I would say now we're going on four years of a long, it's a long-term relationship because each level that I've gotten to in my business, Mm -hmm. I've had to activate something different and she's helped me along that path so having that clarity from you what your what your what you just explained makes sense mm-hmm. yes it's different with counseling <laughs> like yeah <laughs> but yeah but like as far as something like that then yeah like those long, long-term relationships um but yeah that's just the, the thing like and again like a lot of that comes from the things that I'm still working on Mm-hmm. In healing. Um, to be very transparent, I struggle with relationships. Mm-hmm. So that's where that piece comes from. But even then, like boundaries and not getting too invested. But one thing you did mention was that codependency. I don't mm-hmm. want anybody to be codependent on me. Right. But who knows? A client might turn into a friend, you know? So it's just, I want to be able to give you what you need. Well, particularly with the emotional side of being able to give you what you need in that moment, being able to give you tools, um, like bringing spirituality in it. Like there's some stuff I learned that I could suggest to you um, to help you. Um, But again, it's, it's still in the making. Who knows by the end of the year, I may feel different about long-term relationships, but what I do know is I don't want to be the therapist. No, I love it. What would be a word of encouragement that you would like to share with our listeners if they are uncertain of where they are on their spiritual journey? Awareness is so important. Pay attention to everything. Pay attention to everything. The signs are there. Um, And a big part of it is trust yourself. Trust yourself. 
Um, a lot of times, and I think this is what some people struggle, getting feedback from other people. Mm-hmm. Because there's some things that people are going to see that we don't see. And so I think that was an important assignment that I had in undergrad. So what we were told to do was basically ask other people, where did they, what did they see us doing? Mm-hmm. And so one answer I remember someone saying was, I could see you, <laughs> I could see you in New Orleans doing tarot cards. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole time I had an interest in it, you know, so mm-hmm. it's just paying attention and seeing those patterns. Right. And the cards are just a tool mm-hmm. to be used in the the assistance of, you know, guiding someone or helping someone through something very uh, difficult or very happy. So that's one thing I learned. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I wasn't successful with tarot cards. <laughs> <laughs> well, it takes time and practice. Yeah, I th- and I think too, like, yeah, it takes practice. But I mean, some of that stuff too, like, you got to understand too, like some people just have it and some people don't. Mm-hmm. So I would just feel like, okay, terror cards isn't for me. Um, mm-hmm. And the other side of it, my experience with terror reading, I felt like I got a better experience from people who it was obvious that they had gifts mm-hmm. and they could read me without their cards, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, how can our listeners find you, Miss Lachelle? Okay, so I have a website. My website is www.safewithshell.com and that's shell with an S. Um, my Instagram is Safe with Shell as well. All right. I thank you so much. And I just want to encourage you. You, I know you already know you embody empowerment and and self-validation, but I just want to say that I'm proud of you for stepping out on faith and doing your thing, girl. And I see so much prosperity and growth coming from you. And I'm excited to see how this year unfolds and, and beyond. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. And you know what? If there's any time you want to come back, just let me know. All right. Thank you. All right. Have a good weekend. You too. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you all so much for tuning in to this week's episode on the Metaspiritualist Podcast. We hope that this episode provides you with clarity, guidance, and comfort on your spiritual path or faith walk. To dial into our frequency, please be sure to follow us on Facebook at The Metaspiritualist, Twitter at Metaspirit21, Instagram at The Metaspiritualist, and of course on Podbean, Apple, Google, the iHeartRadio app, and Listen Notes. We're now on TuneIn and Spotify. Also, we'd like to invite you to visit our brand new website at www.themetaspiritualist.com. Right on the homepage, you can listen to the podcast, learn more about our platform, and soon we will have a spiritual shop for all of your metaphysical and spiritual needs. You'll also find a page of our spiritual offerings if you'd like to book a session. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to our newsletter. Each week, I release a new issue that shares a personal perspective, an affirmation for the collective, and a hype of a friend of the Metaspiritualist. If you enjoy the content being brought to you, feel free to message us at metaspiritualist at gmail.com. 
Until next time, we hope that you are in peace, harmony, love, and abundance.